Welcome to our DSM Hollywood podcast series. It's a joy to share these powerful teachings with you. The following is a message Dr. Daniel Sherstead taught at our prophetic worship service in Southern California. If you'd like to attend one of these meetings, join our weekly virtual Bible study, or for more information about Dan and Sue Sherstead and DSM Hollywood, please visit our website at www.dsmhollywood.com. We invite you now to press in, open your spiritual ears, and receive what the Holy Spirit is speaking in this hour. Oh, somebody give the Lord some praise over the house. Hallelujah! Woo, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Lord God. Man, those that are watching, man, just praise to begin to thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Listen, I want to, I want to, this is going to really, I think, really encourage you tonight. Just going to spend a few minutes out, but this is what the Lord laid upon my heart here. And as I read this, you're going to see that it's a very familiar passage of Scripture, but I just felt like the Holy Spirit led me to this passage of Scripture and wanted me just to kind of talk a little bit here and share some testimonies here tonight, just to encourage every one of us here tonight as it relates to your future. Remember, I said, for those of you who didn't hear me say, that um, on, on November 13th at 2 p.m., God um, just quickened to my spirit, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, 21. And he said that for all of my faithful sons and daughters, it will be my intention in my heart to see Ephesians 3, 20, 21 become, go to a whole other level in 2021 in their life. And that verse talks about how, um, how according to the power of God's spirit, God's uh, love and the power of perception that's at work in our lives, Lord God, that according to that power that's at work in us, he said, I'm, a, I'm able to do super abundantly, far over, far above, and infinitely beyond our wildest dreams, our wildest expectations, our wildest prayers, our wildest visions, infinitely beyond. And so I just want to, I want to, I'm going to read here from Isaiah chapter 40 and, uh, and then talk a little bit about it. But to, just to help us understand, I think all the songs we sang here tonight, uh, it really goes, it goes along with this passage of scripture here. And it just talks, and it goes along with that, those verses that are just quoted there tonight. And uh, sometimes when we're just coming out of a year like 2020 and, uh, and everything that's happening and, and sometimes when things take place that we didn't expect to take place, it's sometimes it's easy, it's easy for the enemy uh, to kind of to leverage lies against us and to try to convince us that God really isn't as powerful as we thought he was. Now, none of, none of us would say that out loud, of course, but I'm just talking about just, you know, just between you and the Lord, just me and the Lord kind of thing. These thoughts come to us kind of thing. And of course, we got to cast these thoughts down kind of thing. But uh, it's, 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 it's very valuable to go to scriptures like this and read them, even though they may be familiar to you, and read them and ask the Holy Spirit to quicken them to you again and again, and just so that we can walk away Again, out of 2020, stepping into 2021, here we are. Come on now. Uh, tomorrow is going to be the 21st day of the second month 
of the year 2020. So we got two, come on, two, two, two. Come on now, we got two, two, we got two twos in this month and uh, two, uh, 21. So I'm telling you something, you, something very, very unique is taking place right now. I just feel that in my spirit. But it says here in verse 22, um, it says here, it is God who sits above the horizon of the earth. Mm. Come on now, we, we start out by singing that tonight. Come on now. It is God who sits above the horizon of the earth and he sits above its inhabitants and all of the inhabitants are like grasshoppers. The message Bible says everybody on the earth are like ants to the Lord. And the, what Isaiah is trying to do, now again, here, this, again, let me give you a little context. This is, the prophet Isaiah is prophesying this to the people of God that have been taken into Babylon. Okay? So, in Habakkuk, that was the other word that God quickened to me, saying that in Habakkuk 1 verse 5 says, he said to Habakkuk, he says, even though Israel was in an apostate state and they literally turned their back on God, they're worshiping all kinds of idols, um, God says to Habakkuk, I have put a plan into motion. <clears throat> and he says, if I told you all the details, you would not even believe it. And the plan was, he said, I want you to get up on your tower and when you, when you watch what I am doing and then record it as a vision so people can run with it. And what he saw God doing was that he took a Babylonian nation and used them to bring back the nation of Israel to himself. And this is where they're at, right with because Isaiah is alive at the same time as Habakkuk, if they're both there, and Isaiah is prophesying to them in Babylon, and he says to them, listen, now you all forgot about how big and powerful the God is you serve. He said, don't you get, don't you know, come on now, don't you realize he sits way above the horizon of the earth, and he's so powerful, and everybody is like ants to him, he says here. And it says, he goes on to say, it is he that stretches out the heavens like a curtain uh, and, and the, all of the universes, he says, are something that are like a curtain to me. That's how big and powerful he is. And he says in verse 23, I am the one who brings dignitaries to a place of nothingness. Come on, I make judges and rulers and kings and queens and presidents of the earth. I bring them into a place of chaos and I bring them into a place of futility. Futility. <clears throat> into a place of nothingness. They all think they're something. They all think they're a bag of chips and more kind of thing. And he said the reality is they're absolutely nothing in my sight. And so I want to encourage us because... We got a lot of leaders that are exalting themselves with a the spirit of pride. But I'm telling you right now, God's going to do something and he's going, we're, we're going to see that. Okay, even in this next year, we're going to the next 10 months, we're going to see God. You're going to see different leaders be removed from office because of a spirit of pride that has they've lifted themselves up. And the Bible's very clear that if you exalt yourself, come on now, before God, that pride is the thing that precedes the fall. And so it's so important, and God's going to do it. He says in verse 24, yes, these men are scarcely planted. What that means, and all of these kings, these powerful men of the earth, 
He said, as far as I'm concerned, they're like just like little seeds that have just been sown into the ground and they barely, they're like basically, they're just barely under the surface. So they have no roots. They have no depth to them whatsoever. And seeds that are barely planted can be ripped apart, come on now, and taken away with just one wind. Come on, with one little gust of wind. And he says, scarcely are they sown, scarcely does their stock take root in the earth. And when the Lord blows upon them, they will wither when the wind and the storm will literally take them away and blow them away like a piece of stubble. He says, I'm just trying to, he's trying to literally draw a picture of how big and powerful God is in the midst of a circumstance and, and a culture where it looks like he's not. Verse 25, to whom then will you liken me that I should be equal to all of these powerful men on the earth, says the Holy One of Israel. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created all of these. He said, look up into the sky, look at all the stars, because he says, he says, he brings out the, the stars by number and calls them by name through the greatness of his might. And because he is strong in power, not one of these stars or planets is missing or lacking anything. Hallelujah. Oh, man, come on now. Hallelujah. That is powerful to man goodness. I mean, I'm always a stunned just looking at the moon. Come on now. But, the you know, stars are... I mean, infinitely beyond are bigger than our sun. We look at our sun, we see how powerful it is. Uh, but the, the stars are so huge, and scientists tell us that there is literally billions of stars in our galaxy, and then there are billions of galaxies with billions of stars. And God says, I'm so big, I'm so powerful. I created all of them, gave them an individual number and an individual name, and I literally know them, and I literally, I literally, not one thing is missing from each and every one of these planets and stars. Is that amazing or what? He said, that, that, that's, that's how much I am in control. I'm trying to draw a picture here from the Word of God that, that says that he is in control. That's what Isaiah is trying to do. Because he says in verse 22, he says, Why, O people of God, do you say and declare, the Message Bible says, O people of God, why are you complaining and whining like a bunch of little babies, saying that my way and my lot or my future, my destiny is hidden from the Lord, and my right is passed over without regard from my God. Why are you all sitting around whining and complaining and saying that God doesn't know what's going on in my life and he doesn't have a clue and God doesn't care about me? Why are you allowing these kind of words to come out of your mouth? Have you not known? Don't you know? Come on now. Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord the, re the creator of the ends of the earth, the one who just he just talked about here, does not faint, does not grow weary. There's no searching of his understanding. 
He never, ever takes a day off. Come on now. He don't take a minute off. He don't take a second off. He never gets tired. He never grows weary. He's always in control. Come on now. Always. He's always on time. And he never, ever, ever, nothing ever catches him off guard. And so even when it looks like God's late, even when it looks like things have caught him off guard, ah, uh, come on now, right? How many times, how many of us have God only got one plan? Thank you, Tim. Thank you for that one amen and the three grunts over here. Come on now. God only, there ain't no plan A and plan B. Come on now. There's only, how many, God only has one will for your life. Mm -hmm. yeah, come on now. I don't really buy into the perfect will, and then he's got the permissive will, which means if you don't want, if you don't like his perfect will, he's going to allow you to get away with his permissive will. I don't think so. Okay, not the God that I serve, kind of thing. Uh, and so you can do things that go contrary to His will. Uh, but He says, "I set life and death before you, blessing and cursing." He says, "Now you go ahead and choose." He said, it's your choice. I gave you a free will. And there's always consequences to the choices that we make in life. But he said, as far as I'm concerned, I put the blessing in front of you. I put life in front of you. And you can have all you want. Okay, so he says here, verse 29, he gives power to the faint, power to the weary. And to him who has no might, he increases their strength, causes it to multiply, and making it to abound. Even youth shall faint and be weary. Even selected young men shall feebly stumble and fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord, those who expect the Lord, those who look for the Lord, those who hope for the Lord, they shall experience a supernatural exchange and they shall have their strength renewed and their power renewed and they shall be lifted. Come on, with, they shall lift their wings of their spirit and which is one with the wings of the Holy Spirit, and they shall mount up close to God as eagles mount up close to the natural S-U-N. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. Now, come on, somebody. Let, listen to this as I read it out of the Message Bible. Why would you ever uh, complain or whine? He said, God has not lost track of you. He doesn't care. Why are you going around saying he doesn't care what happens to me? Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's creator of all that you can see or even imagine. He doesn't get tired out. He doesn't pause to catch his breath. He knows everything inside and out. Come on now. He energizes those who get tired. He gives fresh strength to those who drop out. For even young people get tired and drop out. Young folk, come on, in their prime, they will stumble and fall even. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings like and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They'll get a walk and they're not going to lag behind. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. God has a plan. Yeah. I want us to know that. I, I want to just I want to share something that just really came alive to me the other night uh, that I was, uh, and it was about that they. Uh, the, the, the life of Jonah. I want to just use that story. I mean, no, most likely you've read the, the life of Jonah kind of thing. And so, you know, God calls. Got a plan for Jonah. He has a future for Jonah. Got a destiny for Jonah. And God calls. How many know the calling of God upon your life 
is without repentance, the Bible says, which means that he never changes his mind once he calls. The Greek word is kaleo. He calls. Come, come on now. Many are called come on, or invited. You can, the word kaleo can be translated called or invited. So many are invited, but only few are chosen. The ones that are chosen are the ones who respond to the invitation, the ones who respond to the call, the ones who pick up the phone and answer the call. Yes, Lord, I will do whatever you want me to do with your life. Come on now. So you can look, come on now, some of you, come on, I know a lot of Christians, the Lord's calling them, come on now, and they're looking on their phone, oh my God, it's the Lord calling, and they're like pushing the button, come on now, disconnect, boom, and that call right there, woo, no, 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 that's going to voicemail right there, the Lord will understand, no, he don't understand, come on now, the Lord is not, come on now, not happy with your voicemail, he wants you, come on now, the Lord ain't texting, come on now. And you better watch out. Come on now. God's messenger. I know. I'm not talking about Facebook messenger. I'm talking about God's messenger. His name is Gabriel. Come on now. That's the messenger of God that comes from the presence. You don't want him showing up. Come on now. And, and telling you, listen, now, you need to get your act together. Because once God gives you a call, he's got a plan for that thing. And I want to encourage us, even when we don't yield like we need to yield, even when we run like we shouldn't run, God still has got a plan for that. Amen. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Amen. Yes. Now, in the life of Jonah, God calls him. He said, I want you to go to Nineveh. Pay attention now. And what does he do? He said, no, I'm not going. Not because he didn't want to preach. He was a prophet. Not because he didn't want to prophesy. You know why he went, didn't want to go? Because he didn't like the Ninevites. He carried a spirit of prejudice about him. I don't like the color of their skin. I don't like their culture. I don't like that, that nationality. I don't like those groups of people. He was an extremely prejudiced person. And God said, listen, come on, how many understand that God uses broken people? Come on now. Come on, all of us have brokenness and beauty on the inside of us at the same time. And so you don't, got, you don't have to get your act together for God to use you. But at the same time, he's going to help you get your act together one way or the other. Come on, it might be in 10 years from now, but sooner or later, you've got a spirit of prejudice about you. Believe me, God's going to deal with that before you get to heaven. Come on now. And so Jonah is like, man, I don't like those Ninevites, so I'm not going. And so, and so we got on a ship, and they're out, and we're going the opposite direction. And as soon as he gets on the ship... A storm comes. And then so the guys on the boat, they're like, yeah. They're like, they're like uh-oh, wait a minute. What's going on? Like, they, they bring Jonah up. They're like, what's going on with you, man? Come on, everything was going good till you got on the board. Come on now. Till you got on the board. Come on, this is not some cruise ship going to the Caribbean. Come on now. He said, when you got on the boat, on, on the ship, everything went contrary. So what's happening? So he started confessing his sins. Come on now. Telling he don't like the Ninevites, and the Lord told him to go preach. And that's I said. And then he says, "Well, I suppose if you get rid of me, everything's gonna be good for you guys." Come on now. And so they they literally took him, and said, "Okay, we're going for that, man." Yeah, we say, "Amen." Come on, every word is confirmed with two or three witnesses. Then Jonah said, "Yes." The Lord says, "Get rid of me, and you'll be everything's gonna be good for you guys." He said, "Yes, Amen, Amen." Boom! They threw him overboard. Come on now. Come on. Now here's the awesome thing about that. Watch this now. The Bible says, now watch this. The Bible says that God, it doesn't say that God sent a big 
fish to swallow him. It says that God had prepared a huge fish. Maybe it, maybe it was a huge whale. One of those huge whales. He prepared a special fish long before Jonah was even born. He started preparing this fish for Jonah. Mm -hmm. Because those, those kind of whales live a long, long, long time. And I want to suggest to you even that this whale was prepared in a special way to house Jonah for three days and three nights. You said... So I, I want you to just think about that. I want you to, because sometimes we don't think these stories through. Think about that because God had a plan. What was the plan? I'm going to save an entire city called Nineveh. There's hundreds of thousands of people. I love them. They are pagan worshipers. They're worshiping all kinds of false gods. But I love all of those people. God said, I put a plan in motion to reach these paganistic people. And he literally, for literally decades, had this plan in motion ever before Jonah ever got on that, on that ship, even before Jonah was born. God, when Jonah came out of his mother's womb, there was a call to be a prophet on his life. And in that call, one day, he would be called upon to go to Nineveh to preach the gospel. So when he's thrown overboard, notice this great whale that had been prepared long before is following the ship. So not only does God got control over the storm, not only does he have control over this big whale, that he has prepared ahead of time. Come on now. Come on, Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me go ahead and just read that so I get that right. Ephesians chapter 2 says this. Watch this. <clears throat> he says here, For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that, that we may do those good works which God predestined and planned beforehand. Planned beforehand. Before you even got on the planet, God said, I got all kinds of things in motion planned ahead of time for you to do, he said. And he says, for us taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. Come on now. That we should walk in them, living the good life. Come on now. Which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Come on, somebody say amen. Oh my God. He prearranged, preordained, and preplanned all of these good things for you to experience, all of these good works for you to do. Come on now. He said, but he goes on to say, remember now, these, these, these things are not, you don't do these things in your own strength. He says, listen now, God says that we're going to work out our salvation, the salvation that was done by God's grace on the inside. He says, it's going to work it out 
here. Come on now. It's in you, and then it's going to be worked out here where people can see it. But he said it's not by your strength. It's by the work of the Holy Spirit that you're going to be able to work your salvation out here for people to see it. But he says you need to understand all you need to do is learn how to wait on me. Come on now. Hope in me. Expect in me. Come on. Catch the wind of my spirit and it cows me to soar. Come on now. On the wings of the Holy Spirit. Wings of the Holy Spirit. To soar into the realm of the Spirit so that you can see what he sees. Come on and experience what he's experienced. And after you're done soaring, you keep going. he's going to bring you down to the earth. Come on now. And you're going to run Come on, with the vision, come on now, that God has given you. And then you're going to slow down to the walk of faith. Step by step by step. That's the progress right there. Let me say it again. First, you've got to soar. And once you saw and see the vision that he has for your life, come on now. Then he's going to, he's going to, come on now. The, the, the master, come on, eagle who is Jesus Christ himself. Come on. He is the eagle. Come on. Of all eagles, you're going to soar on his back. Come on now. And he's going to drop you down. He's going to carry you. Come on. On the wings of eagle. That's what the Bible says. I carry my sons and daughters on my wings and I let them see what I can see. Come on and experience. Come on now what I experience that they can soar like me. Come on now. And then I'm going to drop them and allow them to run with the vision that I just showed them. Come on now. And then they're going to, and then I'm going to give them the power to slow down to the walk of faith, which is step by step. It all happens. Don't happen overnight. It's one step of faith after another step of faith after another step of faith. Jonah's in the well now. Come on now. Three days and three nights. Come on now. In a fish hotel. I call it the fish hotel right there. Just spend that. Come on now. So he's like going all over the place. And then the Bible records that Jonah's complaining for about three days. And, uh, and, that, and, and the Bible says, guess this. It says, when Jonah turned his face towards the Lord and stopped whining and complaining. And it says he looked towards the altar in heaven and he began to offer up a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. Amen. There in the midst of unbelievable circumstances. And when he did that, when he stopped whining and complaining, and looked to the Lord and started waiting on the Lord and started lifting praise and thanksgiving, God moved upon this great fish and they, this fish swam to the shores of Nineveh. Now watch this. History records that the Ninevites, their number one pagan god, had the head of a great fish. <laughs> so when the whale, come on, shows up on the shores of Nineveh and spits out their prophet, come on, somebody. Oh, my God. All of the city, hundreds of thousands of the message that the, the story is running rampant through the city. My God, our God has showed up. Come on now. Woo! And he has brought his prophet. Come on now. Woo! 
And so now Jonah come out. He's like, we're picking the seaweed off. Come on now. He's like staggering onto the beach kind of thing. Come on now. And they're like, oh my God, it is the prophet of God. He, the God has brought our prophet. Come on now. How many God works with people right where they're at? Come on now. And so, so man, God, no, God has a plan. Come on now. God knew what what it's going to take to turn their hearts open for him. Come on now. It was going to take a big, gigantic whale showing up, spitting out a prophet. Come on now. That was going to run from him. Come on. That he prepared ahead before Jonah was born. Come on. He prepared the whale. The whale's following, picks him up, spits him out. Boom. God leverages the whole thing, opens up the hearts of the Ninevites. Revival breaks out. And then it Literally, around 400,000 people come into the kingdom of God. God has a plan. Oh, my God. Woo, I am the creator. I, everything, everything is under my control. Nothing. Even when you run from me, you can't get away from me. Come on now. Nothing. I don't, I don't, God didn't have plan B and plan C for Jonah. There was only one plan, and it was always the way it happened, because God knows the end, come on, before the beginning. Yes. So God has a plan for your life. Yes. Ooh, come on, are you blessed by that? Come on now, right there. All we got to do is wait on the Lord, just wait on the Lord. Come on now. Uh, let me share uh, a, a, a few testimonies here. Today I was talking with, um, with uh, Susan Schuler, who worked in the Hollywood industry for 38 years, and um, she called me today, and I was talking to her for about 30 minutes, and she was just sharing different things, wonderful things that were taking place, not only in the industry, from different people that she's hearing about, but also in, in the church. She, she attends uh, Dr. Philip Rasmussen's church, awesome, awesome church, awesome man of God. And, um, and so they, um, over this last year, all through 2020 and even right now, um, you know, because of the COVID and everything, they didn't have services for a long time kind of thing. And they're in a building in Santa Ana and, um, that they pay, they pay like $6,000 a month to be in that building where they're at kind of thing. And they haven't had the money to pay the rent for at least the last 12 months. And, uh, and so... We were out to lunch with him a couple of weeks ago, and he was just like, yeah. He said, yeah. He said, man, he said, man, we, don't, we haven't had the money. Man, he said, but you know what? I'm at perfect peace. I don't know what the Lord's going to do, but he's going to do something for us. Come on, somebody. <laughs> this guy's 85 years old, still pastoring, still preaching. And, uh, and so he was a, a practicing psychiatrist full of the Holy Spirit. He would tap into the gifts of the Holy Spirit during the psychiatrist work. He's like, and, and the Lord would show him what's going on deep in their souls kind of thing. And then he would like bring it right on out. And people were stunned by that. Come on now. You remember Mike Wallace of 60 Minutes? He, met, he led him to the Lord, and Mike Wallace is in the kingdom of God because of Dr. Phil literally leading his, his ex-wife to the Lord and literally setting her free from all kinds of issues in her life kind of thing. So he's led all kinds of mm, different famous people to the Lord too. But he pastors this church, and so um, he went to see that lawyer, of the, the guy that owns the building, because they want to sell the building, right? So he, um, so um, they... Uh, 
so they, you know, they were, they, they were like, like, you know, these doctors or doctor's office on the other side of the building. And they really want the building. In fact, uh, and so it's all been agreed that they're going to buy the building. And so um, within three to six months, they're going to have to move out of the building uh, and to another place. And they've been there for 20 years. They've been leasing there for 20 years. And, uh, and so, so this whole year, including this time, you know, so he goes to the lawyer and, and, you know, telling him there's circumstances and everything. And the lawyer just kind of looks at and he looks, I think he talked to the owner of the building stuff. He said, I don't see why, why not? He says that you just can't write all this off. Yeah. And the owner says, you know what? That's a great idea. It's over a hundred thousand dollar debt was gone in one minute. Come on, somebody. Woo! $100,000 miracle, just like that, super abundantly, come on, far above, infinitely beyond, come on now, your wildest imagination, $100,000 miracle, dollar miracle, just like that, come on now, and didn't even ask for it, come on now, way beyond what they were expecting to happen. That's what God. And then I was talking to um, Jordan today for about 30 minutes. She called me today. Jordan is an actress in Hollywood. And, uh, and uh, she'd been back. She's 73 years old now. And when she was younger, she came in. She was working in studios. Like she got hired at the same time with the same studio like Tom Selleck and those guys. So she's a, just a wonderful actress. And then she retired from that. And now, now the Lord called her back into Hollywood over the last several years. And so she's been doing different things. And so she was sharing with me that, you know, over this last year, because of COVID and all the studios shutting down and everything, that it was kind of, you know, discouraging and stuff like that. But uh, over the last two weeks, over the last two weeks, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she gets these two really awesome auditions that just dropped she doesn't even know how they got her name. I think, you know, she, of course, she has a, an, agent. an agent. Thank you, sweetheart. An agent, but still, they, you know, she is not f famous in, in the Hollywood kind of thing. And so one of them is for a movie that's about to start filming in, uh, in March. It's a, huh? Awesome. Yeah, it's a movie that's a, it's a movie about the life of um, Lucia Ball. Mm, yeah, come on now. Yeah, I love it. So, so, I mean, it's, it's a big movie, big movie. Nicole Kidman is going to play Lucille Ball in the movie. It's all, so it's, everything is in motion right now. I mean, they're only two, two weeks away from starting the, the, the filming of the movie and stuff like that. So the audition that she had, they were looking for someone to play the Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball, that's her name, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, she had that show, I Love Lucy, and stuff like that. Well, there was a lady that was her writer for all of those years. And they're looking for someone to play her in the movie. And so Jordan auditioned to play Lucille Ball's writer, which is about her age and stuff like that. So she said she did all kinds of research, watched films and stuff like that, saw you know, how she carries herself. Like she did the audition and it went really well. So she, I prayed with her today and I want you to agree with us that, that, that she will get the part, come on now, and that the director will like her when, she, when he sees or she sees that the, 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 the producers, the production company is the one that did the Forrest Gump movie 
and have done most of Denzel Washington's movies. That's the production company that's doing this movie kind of thing. And so if she gets this part, it will be huge. Come on now. And then she got another audition just last week for a, TV, a guest star, a guest appearance on a new TV series that's coming out uh, this spring, I think, or this, uh, this summer, something like that. But they're going to start filming this series in a couple of weeks, too, in March. And it is a TV series about the life of Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich. You remember seeing that movie? A great movie. Aaron Brockovich. A whole TV series just about her life. And so the lady that's going to play, I don't know if you ever saw that, that goofy sitcom years ago with Married with Children. Um, the, the, yeah, that was like a crazy show. And, um, <laughs> but the, the, the lady who played the, the wife, yeah, the, in that uh, series is the one who's going to play Aaron Brockovich in, the, in this series. And so again, it's just they're both the TV series and the movie are all A-lister actors kind of thing doing it. And so um, she's going to do, and she was, and many times when you do a guest appearance, a guest starring, guest role kind of thing on a TV series, if the, if the director likes you, he'll have the writer write you in. So that you you're on, you're on the you're in every episode or on every other episode whatever kind of thing that you're part of the regular cast kind of thing. So that is a possibility kind of thing. In fact, she said seven years ago she got a prophetic word, and uh, and then I gave her a prophetic word about I don't know 13, 14 months ago, and that confirmed this word about that God was going to open up these kind of doors that are opening up for her, and that even that she would have a reoccurring role in a very popular TV series kind of thing. So she's just fired up. She's very, very excited kind of thing. So all of this stuff is just happening in the last couple of weeks kind of thing. Just think about it. It's super natural. Come on now. This, this is, come on, Jordan is a, come on, extremely good actress, but she is on fire for the Lord. I'm talking, this woman is a woman of prayer. This woman knows how to wait upon the Lord. She shared this story with me. She, she was born again in a Baptist church and then she was watching on TVA and one, and then somebody said something about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues. And she's like, I want that. How come? And then she's like, How come my pastor never told me about that? Well, they don't do that stuff in the Baptist church. And uh, and so she's like, man, she started seeking the Lord, she got married. Woo! Next thing you know, she's baptized in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues like a wild woman, kind of thing, right? And then they then one day she was like, she was listening to Rodney Howard Brown. He was talking about the baptism of the fire, right? And she's like, what the baptism of the fire? I didn't even know there was such a thing, right? As said, man, Lord, I want the baptism of the fire, right? She said that she's been so she started seeking the Lord and she's waiting on the Lord and she's expecting the Lord. Come on, she's looking for Lord, baptize me with the fire of God, right? And so she's waiting upon the Lord one day, all of a sudden, boom. Right in her house, her apartment, the Lord walked right in. Wow. She shared this with me today for the very first time. She said, I've only seen the Lord personally one time. She saw the Lord personally, face to face, only one time. He walked right into the room, and she opened her eyes. She saw him standing right there. She started shaking, you know, like with this great awe, great fear kind of thing, with just his awesome presence in the room. And she fell on her face and worship for the Lord kind of thing. And she's just literally just shaking on the floor right there kind of thing. Just like just terrified really. Come on. I'm telling you, we, we all like, well, I want the Lord to come hang out with me. 
Well, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. You, you might want that one time after that. You might ask the Lord not to do that ever again. Come on now, just get a thing, right? And so she's like, she's just shaking. And all of a sudden, the Lord walked right over to her and took her, like one of her shoulders kind of thing, actually stood over her. She's on her stomach. Stood over her and took her gently and turned her over. And now she's laying on her back and the Lord, <laughs> said, the Lord is like this over. Just look at that. Look at that. And, she, and she, she's like, and he said that his eyes were so beautiful. And there was this beautiful smile on his face. And there was this joy. And there was just like this. Um, was, he, she said his eyes were like dancing. And, uh, and she just, and he had this big, there was, was so much joy and so much. And he was all, it was basically almost giggling. And he was just watching her. And he, and he was moving his head back and forth. And he was just watching. And he was just, he's like this. Like this, like, like this. And, 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 he, and he let her know that he got such great joy and pleasure out of her because she was one of his children that wanted everything that he had for her. And then he reached down. And he went like this, and he touched her belly. He went, like he went like that. And all of a sudden, she literally saw flames start shooting out of her stomach. Like, this flame. She looked, ah! She started screaming, kind of like a, and this flames just coming out of her. And boom! Man, the fire of God all over her. And God, Jesus said, and Jesus standing back saying, and he's just kind of giggling kind of thing, and, uh, and uh, just kind of just laughing, he's going back and forth. We were just watching, he was getting a kick, he was just getting a kick out of her, you know, kind of, he's like, ah, the fire of God's all over, ah, and he's like laughing kind of thing. Oh, he's like, man, that way, whoo, come on, so, uh, and, uh, and so, so she telling me that story, and I was like, whoa, come on now. Talk about waiting on the Lord. Come on now. When you wait on the Lord, God loves to show up. He loves to bless us. He loves to give us the desires of our He loves, I'm talking about super abundantly, infinitely beyond your wildest expectations and dreams. And, and, uh, and so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She told me that story because I can't think of the word she used. She used, man, she said, the Lord is, he is just a rascal. That's what she said. She said, the Lord is a, he says, he is such a rascal. And, and I was like, I started laughing on the phone. So I'm laughing on the phone. I said, man, I'm like, I've been doing, I've been preaching for 34 years. and I've never heard anybody call Jesus a rascal before. And, and she goes, she goes, well, let me tell you why. And then she told me that story. Jesus, as far as I'm concerned, the Lord's standing over you and just giggling over you kind of thing. He, that, that is, he's just like a rascal spirit about him kind of thing. And kind of thing, he's just amazing. Uh, she couldn't believe the Lord was doing that. And so there's just this, these aspects. I mean, the, the, but there's about the Lord just waiting upon the Lord. Yes. Mm. So I just want to encourage you guys here tonight. And uh, whatever dream you got, come on now, those that are watching, <laughs> whatever call that's upon your life, no matter what arena it was on. In fact, let me just share this. This morning she had a vision that she said, man, God was such on a move. She was praying. She saw the, the seven mountains, you know, the seven mountains. And she saw this huge, these huge lighthouses on each mountain that started lighting up. 
and just the light of God's glory coming from the mountain of, uh, of politics, the mountain of the government, the, the mountain of, uh, of entertainment, and the, the sports mountain, the mountain of business, and the mountain of even the church kind of thing. Just the, the glory of God coming like never before. And, uh, and so I'm telling you, the Lord is up to something. We have stepped into a time and season in history where God is about to do unprecedented things. And so he has a plan. Okay, and nothing, no matter how or how you've interpreted everything that's taking place, or or you know, or it seems like, oh my goodness, I thought the, you know, this was going to happen and that was going to happen, and, uh, and and it looks like man, everything's going the opposite direction. You don't don't allow the enemy or yourself to talk you into to come on now to getting anxious or worried or fearful. Let me say this. Let me say this. These 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 thoughts to you. Watch this now. Worry hinders our creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fear stops our faith. Stress drains our energy and anxiety kills our vision. Okay, so let me say that again. Worry always here hinders your creativity on the inside of you. And fear will stop your faith and stress will drain your energy and anxiety will kill your vision for your life. So we are not called to have anxiety, fear, and stress, and worry. That's why Jesus said, everyone who is weary and heavy laden, worried, and stressed, come on now, and just come, he said that, uh, are tired. He said, I want to invite you to come and to follow me, he says. He said, and uh, I love, I'm just going to read just a couple, one, one, one or two verses, right, out of uh, Matthew here, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll close with this here. Matthew 11, uh, it says here, he said, watch this now, watch this. It says here in verse 28, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. Yeah. There's an unforced rhythm to the grace. Grace empowers. Come on now. Remember, I read that to you, Philippians chapter 2 there. He said, now, it's not by you trying to make it happen that these pre-planned, pre-ordained, predestined, pathways and works mm, these blessings that i've created for you you don't make it happen what you got to do is yoke up with me come walk with me and learn the rhythm there's a cadence to his grace just like people guys that march in the, in the military there's a cadence to it and i'm telling you there's a rhythm to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's unforced. If you feel yourself forcing something to happen, stop and let it tell you either I'm in the wrong place or I'm trying to make something happen before it's time for it to happen. 
Every time you feel frustration, I tell myself that every time. Dan, every time you're frustrated because you're trying to make something happen before it's time for it to happen. Okay? It's an unforced rhythm of God's grace lightly. It's easy. I love this. Come work with me. Come hang with me. Watch me show you how to do it. He said, I'm going to show you how to take a real rest. Come work with me. Get away with me. He says, I'm real easy to please. I'm real easy to please. Religion makes the Lord hard to please. Traditional religious laws that are man-made make it hard. And so we live, especially in our culture, because we are a performance-driven culture. And, uh, and so we have allowed that kind of culture to, to literally come into the church. And so we literally, we, you know, we drive ourselves and we think that if we perform good enough, then, then the Lord will do something for us or he'll love us. But always, I always remind myself, you know, when the Lord, you know, the heavens opened over Jesus as he came up out of the water of baptism and he heard the Father and everybody else heard the Father's voice saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased and I greatly love. And Jesus hadn't done a thing. He had preached a message, taught a lesson, healed anybody, delivered anybody, did any kind of ministry. He hadn't performed anything. See, we, in our culture, we got to perform and then we get the approval. In the kingdom, God says, I give you my approval first. See, what I do for the kingdom of God, I don't do because I feel like I have to do it. Because I don't have to do it. I do it because I want to do it. And when you come to that place, to whom much has been forgiven, come on, he says, much, these people will love a lot. And he said, if you love me, he said, my love, I love the way the Passion translates it in John chapter 14. He said, because other translations will say, if you love me, you'll obey what I tell you to do, obey my commands. But the actual Greek word reads like this, and the Passion gets it right. My love will empower you to want to obey me. Oh, my God, there. That is so beautiful. My love will empower you again. It's that unforced rhythm of grace. I'm easy to please because I actually give you. Not only do I prepare the plans for you, but I actually, and then he says, I actually create the desire in you to want to do it, and then I give you the power to do it. So I'm actually doing it all for you. All I need you to do is yield to me. Come on. And let me work in you and through you and for you. Somebody say amen. 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 Let's give it a warm. Hallelujah.